This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Hello and welcome to the Hindu's In Focus podcast. Trade relations between the United States and China haven't been at their best in the past few years. Add to it supply chain disruptions brought on by the pandemic and which are now exacerbated by the war in Ukraine. Disruptions that have made global majors look beyond China for manufacturing partners in a strategy that is now known as the China plus one strategy. To help us with some perspectives, we have with us today, Mr. Srivat Sram, Managing Director, Wheels India, a prominent auto components maker. Welcome, Mr. Ram. Could you give us an idea as to what has been happening these past few years with countries other than China emerging on the roadmaps for Western corporate majors? If you look at manufacturing in the in the 20th century and really 21st century, and I'll really probably start in the 1990s, a lot of American and uh, European companies found that if they move their production to China, they not only got low manufacturing cost base, but they also got access to a growing market. As we know now, China has grown into the largest consumer of large number of products. So it, it offered a scale where, you know, setting up large investments in manufacturing made sense. And added to that, companies also were able to be profitable and, uh, you know, look at sourcing uh, production from sites based in China. China as a result of which became a manufacturing powerhouse and uh, even to this day, it is, a, it is among the largest, larger uh, manufacturing-based countries in the world, with global supply chains being quite dependent on China. Now, before we go into our the experience in recent times, I think the change in outlook towards China happened during Mr. Trump's uh, presidency under, the, under his Make America Great Again team, he decided to make the situation adverse for Chinese-related products coming into America. He introduced a duty structure which which made it uh, prohibitive for uh, Chinese products to come into the U.S. And I think that was the beginning of a lot of investors and companies in America to look at a China de-risking. This is probably even ahead of, you know, the recent tensions which have happened related to China and the, you know, the political detachment of China from the global system. It really started with um, Make America Great Again, where American companies had to de-risk from a purely from an economic viewpoint from China and look at other sources. Of course, after this, we've all experienced the, the terrible pandemic. And during the pandemic, we found disruptions to the economies of many countries because of the the pandemic. And after mass vaccination had happened in a lot of the countries, we saw a sudden boom in their economies. And along with that boom came the need for parts and products from the global supply chain. Now, this was a global supply chain, A, that had been effectively locked down for some periods of time. So there was the whole issue of starting up where there was a whiplash effect of sudden demand 
and sudden increase in requirements. This was exasperated by the fact that different countries were in periods of lockdown at various points of time. China's position, meantime, globally, became one where it was relatively anti-West in its leanings and outlook as the pandemic went ahead. And I think China also adopted a zero-COVID policy, which meant that for periods of time, there were industrial parts of the country that were locked down, and then supply chains were not able to supply from there. There was the added fact that China is where you know a large part of the ocean freight originates uh, from China. And during the pandemic, there was also the, the container shortage took place due to that. The lead times between countries suddenly increased. And the reliability of, supply, of the global supply chain, which had been established, was kind of exasperated due to the container shortage and the ocean freight issue that took place. And China's zero COVID policy has not helped, uh, which has meant that not only the US, who started looking at China de-risking, I would say even say three, four years back, but also Europe, uh, which so far has been quite pro-sourcing from, from China, has been forced to look at other locations, both from a viewpoint of availability and reliability in terms of supply, but also from a viewpoint of cost in some cases as freight becomes prohibitive and uh, some Chinese manufacturers have become more inward looking in terms of their aspirations. So really it, it is all the congruence of all these factors that has resulted in the so-called China plus uh, policy of many international companies. Does India have a role to play and an opportunity? Is this an opportunity for India? It definitely is. I think that it is an opportunity for India. It's an opportunity where we have to compete with a number of countries. Uh, there are some countries like Vietnam, for example, that in some areas, uh, perhaps in the electronic area, for example, has been able to gain significantly more investments. But core manufacturing, the automobile sector or the auto component sector, which, which I, I know somewhat, engineering related products, all these products or chemical products for that matter, there is, there is definitely a new world of opportunity that's opened up. Now for Indian companies to take advantage of the opportunities, you need to realize the, the reason why the West was comfortable sourcing from China. Yes, we all know that China is a low-cost country, and so there was economic advantage. But more than that, there was a reliability. The reliability came about because there were a number of Chinese companies that made quality products and also delivered in a very timely, reliable manner where the Western manufacturers really did not need to think about is the product going to come, not come, is the quality going to be okay? There were no such issues. The reliability factor made them very comfortable in sourcing from the uh, from the global supply chain that China was a part of. And that is because there were a number of quality companies that also were part of the supply chain. For India, I think there, there are two, two main factors. The first is uh, Indian companies, and, and I, I do 
agree there are companies which are much, which are export oriented but a large number of indian companies tend to look at the domestic market and look at the export market as an opportunity that they would tend to look at at the time where they have capacities unutilized that's kind of when they look at it now when they look at the global market they need to look at it as a separate business opportunity which they need to invest in exclusively so that they can actually build the confidence of the customer in buying volumes at scale which will make economic sense to both the buyer and the seller and at the same time he needs to ensure that he can meet the quality requirements of the global customer the establishment of these global supply chains beat in terms of the quality or the scale in china was built over a period of time now the experience of some of these companies in india is relatively less so it's really a question of how quickly india can scale up both in terms of capacities and also in terms of capabilities and really therein i mean quality and reliability of both delivery and product quality if india can do this i do believe that there are opportunities for indian companies to gain from the china plus policy and probably make it an india plus policy for a large number of companies in the country okay that uh, thank you mr stewart you really covered a wide swath of uh, information there i do have questions on some of those for instance you talked about reliability i understand if you know i'm i'm doing a, a particular line of business i'm into a line of business and there's something an opportunity coming up in an adjunct line i may not have full capacity or capability in terms of skill knowledge and all that and it may be too soon for me to turn around i understand that opportunity you know going a begging for some but if it's in a line that i'm already there when you say reliability i think i would imagine that indian vendors as exporters have matured over a period of time or is even even that is that in doubt right now in terms of ability to keep to commitments in terms of large orders and so on i definitely feel that indian exporters have matured but you have to understand that you know bad experiences linger in people's mind longer than good experiences so it will be a trial period i think especially for uh, you know the the american companies who anyway have an import duty from chinese product would be more willing to source from cost the european uh, companies will probably have higher expectations from indian companies and we need to be able to meet them both in terms of the reliability of our supplies in a timely fashion which you know despite the best intentions there are issues in logistics globally for everyone at the moment and also they need to ensure that they continue to support these customers even if their domestic volumes go up and it's a long term separate business that they are committed and dedicated towards second point of quality is that you can say yes there is a global standard but in every country there is there are peculiar requirements and understandings of that particular plants quality expectations etc that need to be met and i think certain amount of time needs to be spent up front to understand these before you venture into a business the last point that probably indian companies need to bear in mind is as you get into more and more international business you may need to have a local presence so that any teething issues that are there are addressed up front 
and the customer has access to somebody if there's any doubt any concern that he has he has immediate access uh, to people yes i agree that in today's day and age we are, we are very uh, comfortable interacting or communicating through zoom or or you know microsoft teams but there is nothing like face to face when people have concerns and issues so i think that is the third area that indian companies will need to invest in that said it is an opportunity and i think that india has another advantage in that the indian economy is expected to grow faster than most other large economies in the coming years and in that while it may not be the same order of magnitude of growth that china exhibited in the 90s and the 2000s it is probably amongst the best opportunities for multinational companies to also look at scaling up in india so little bit of the china story could take place in india if we ensure that we are able to attract some of these companies right now india seems to be at a juncture almost at a crossroads because we hear some encouraging news for instance today we had a report on sharp an electronics major looking at re-entering india manufacturing even if only through third parties and then selling in india and then you have reports of not yet confirmed the reports of uh, metro cash and carry looking to exit the business from india we do know that automotive majors ford and general motors have had other plans after investing in india and they say they want to relook at it and they've exited so a lot of um, you know contradictory signals and given all this and the time it takes for especially msmes who may not have had great exposure to large clients supply chains and so on and so forth for them to sense the opportunity and then make sure that they are prepared may take some time and even after our government uh, announced pre pandemic i think announced tax benefits for new manufacturing units to be set up hoping to attract manufacturing companies away from the likes of vietnam and philippines we've not seen too many of those announcements yet so what do you think is lacking is there something that one of course individual companies and managements need to pull up their socks on but as also the government or you know is there anything that the government can do now to you know further the interest that manufacturing manufacturing companies show in india the government has done quite a few things the first thing is as you mentioned for a for a new undertaking manufacturing undertaking they offering a lower tax rate b yes there's lot of room for improvement in ease of doing business but it is at least a metric that is being followed by the government and also rating individual states so that is a step in the right direction but lastly you also have to remember that you know businesses need to feel comfortable with their forward view of business before they make an investment and we have been coming out of a pandemic so i think when there's when there was a pandemic or supply chain issues and there's so much of uncertainty the relative comfort with which somebody makes an investment decision has to wait for people to see better times ahead of them i believe that at least in india i mean touch wood that we are out of this pandemic situation hopefully and with that you know some of the confidence will get back into the economy already if you look at it not only in india but also in the west the manufacturing has been constrained more by supply chain and supply related issues as opposed to demand related issues 
Of course, all this, this equation will keep changing as interest rates go up and as inflation reduces the amount of disposable income, depending on the product category, this equation will keep changing. But by and large, if you look at it now, people are not able to make enough of any product and it's really supply chain constraints which are affecting the global economy at the moment. So if I dive a bit more deep into that, you know, earlier question of mine, you know, I have very little experience, but some experience nevertheless, of trying to set up a company and then trying to exit. And, you know, we've initiated request for closure of the company some three years ago. And I was astonished at the time that it has taken. And now I'm, I've, I've read in reports that the official stand taken by the government is the average of two years. We are trying to bring it down to six months. Good, you know, that there's some intent there. But even the norm that it takes two years to shut down a company, you know, for somebody to move to some other area and hopefully invest there, it's balking. No, it's, so it, I, I, of- I've experienced, I have the same experience, Bharat. I, I did the same thing a few few years back and I was surprised when many years later I had to announce that I was stepping down from this company due to its discontinuance because I started the process so many years back. So yes, it takes a long time to... So ease of doing business. There are are areas of improvement and I think that, you know, it's very much like in any other area where you want to see improvement, uh, be it with the supplier or be it uh, be to the supplier of products or the supplier of service. The first point towards improvement is recognition. And I think the government recognizing that it needs to improve the ease of doing business is the first step. Then, of course, you know, it is a, the bureaucracy is a large bureaucracy and they keep chipping away and making improvements. Hopefully over a period of time, things will improve. For example, if you take the tax rates which are currently on offer, you know, 10 years back, no one would have imagined that the tax rate would be so low. So there, there are areas where they've made improvements. They've also introduced, and let me not forget, the PLI scheme, where they, they have a production-linked incentive scheme to look at localizing certain technologies and hopefully building scale in those technologies so that we not only reduce our imports and dependence on, on uh, you know, imports, but also look at strengthening our own manufacturing and probably building up uh, competence and competitiveness in those products so that we can export it. So that's another you know positive step that's been taken. But ease of doing business is, is something that the government needs to keep chipping away on. I'm not saying that we have reached the stage where it's, it is uh, easy to do business in India, but it has improved. Okay, so which means we cannot expect a deluge of announcements saying, okay, you know, things seem much better. One, of course, the uncertainty caused by the pandemic and then expect to see announcements by global majors, which means there will be some time lapse between, you know, show of intent and then actually seeing results on the ground. So in the meantime, other countries, and I see that Vietnam seems far better placed in terms of attracting investment announcements either because their ease of business is is much better than ours or because they have had experience handling uh, manufacturing operations in their country, whatever the reason. So which means we will lose out on some competition, but at least we've begun the journey. Would you put that? No, no, I I would, uh, sorry to interrupt, Bharat, but you know, I would probably say that the opportunity is presenting itself again today because of China's zero COVID policy 
and the supply chain disruptions that are caused not only by the uh, zero covid policy of china but also you know things like energy disruptions and you know high freight rates and lead times from china to the rest of the world so as the chinese economy is kind of shutting itself out on the world uh, international companies are forced to look at other manufacturing locations and there is no other location that has the depth and scale of china in terms of manufacturing so they will be they will look at india i, I don't think that you know vietnam might have gained in some of the you know electronic related items so it's not as if india is not also exporting electronic items but there will be more opportunities that are coming i think zero covid policy one was i'll say step one was trump's duty on chinese products step two was the supply chain restrictions and stop of production at various manufacturers during this covid and covid plus period and step 3 is a zero covid policy and the fact that china while not moving away from international markets is refocusing its efforts more towards the domestic relatively more towards the domestic so that gives an opportunity and and given the magnitude of china's global merchandise exports the opportunity for india is still a very large opportunity now whether it comes to fruition in the immediate period i don't think international companies can avoid india in the near term because they do need to look at de-risking their supply chains and i think the cost advantages vis-a-vis manufacturing in their own geographies still is quite a significant factor for them to look at you know lower cost sourcing in countries like india okay so it's interesting india seems to be tantalizingly poised and just from a cultural perspective when i have a question there is typically indian companies who even those that do very well the approach seems to be safety first glory if possible right first let me get feelers see how the client you know his his motors or his or her motors and then then i'll talk about investments expansion here so that's the pace at which we've been going and that has suited for well for some of us but if we want to be able to grab the opportunity even if the conversations initiate now and fruition happens two years later then indian companies have to go against their own grain their own uh, cultural obstacle of going slow and seeing how things go would you advise such an approach yeah see it's a it's a classic uh, you know balance of risk and reward if you want to go for the glory or the rewards you need to be willing to take the risks and i think the yes being a niche player in the in an international market is one thing but uh, being a mass producer for international markets requires investments it will require investments as i said you know investments in in scale investments in capability and investments in service level all three need to be made scale would be of course investments in capacity capability would be investments in ensuring quality and reliability and service would entail ensuring you know the last mile connectivity with the customer and ensuring that there is somebody to who the customer can talk with in his geography if there are any issues or concerns so all three will require you know investments by indian companies so it is in a sense like a new business 
for indian companies and they should look at de-risking i mean removing this from their earlier thing of okay i i have a domestic market and i also export we have to look at export as a separate business it's a business that has higher risk there's no doubt but there also opportunity for you to scale up and the rewards can be quite significant if you do but it's something that you know each person has to get his gauge of it and uh, invest accordingly international companies no doubt while they look at cost opportunities will also only look at people who are willing to invest their their willingness to spend time with people who they feel don't have the capability to invest too much will also be limited they're not going to they would like to go with someone who can become a global source for them and and who is willing to invest along with them so are there any areas within manufacturing that you see seems to seem to lend themselves to such conversations where you see encouraging results or even opinions from global majors saying hey this looks, looks interesting i do want to work with indian partners any particular areas uh, that you see within manufacturing yeah so you know within manufacturing of course any any area where the indian domestic market also offers scale means that once you get a hit a certain scale you become relatively more competitive so those areas also offer an opportunity for us to export other than that i would say any area which is this is a very crude way of putting it which has where there's a, a relative labor arbitrage for example india would be more cost effective where there are you know physical skills involved india could be more competitive because the number of skilled people in some of these western countries is diminishing and with increased requirements for skill based work there could be opportunities for indian companies and i think in a lot of cases just a question of having the scale and people looking at de-risking sources from say buying only from china to moving to other countries will offer opportunities one thing i can tell you is in the west unlike say 2 3 years back 2 3 years back it is fairly straightforward if you want to buy something just go into one of the large stores and you are sure to find it right now availability of items in stores is all very dependent on whether this that supply chain has been hit by china zero covid policy so the west is not used to waiting for products and they having to do it at the moment so there is a there is a bit of a rush and this is going to be this is going to change you know global supply chains you need to bear in mind that global supply chains and china being being uh, you know big part of it is something that's been established over the years so india becoming a part of that is going to take time i don't think you can expect it to happen overnight but as long as people are willing to invest and persevere with their goals i think there are opportunities for indian companies to be part of this supply chain and this opportunity that presents itself so when you talked about domestic scale giving them an opportunity to become competitive i would imagine textiles automotives mobile phones within electronics sort of popping up any other areas that you would like to comment on no i would say that by and large any area which you know to use the the, the very crude capital labor equation India has always had a high cost of capital and a, a relatively low cost of labor. Of course, that equation has changed over time as labor has become more expensive and capital has become cheaper. 
but still relatively speaking our mix is more favorable towards labor so any any product which has you know healthy mix of labor in it india would be cost effective the other area that's presenting itself is wherever there are specific skills involved these could be you know products which also have a certain degree of say it in them where it's a, the product is a physical product but it also has certain amount of software element where india as a software based takes gets an advantage or where there is a manufacturing skill which is otherwise in short supply globally these are areas where i think uh, potentially india could gain if they focus on those areas and try to scale up and build competencies and and then try to build the relationships with the customers when we talk about skill and that this is my final question do you think again india despite its large manpower could actually be falling behind in terms of being able to meet the demand for skill because even the it industry at its heyday used to say okay i'll get these graduates out of college but spend 3 months training them and it could be the 6th or the 7th month by the time they become billable so in a way it was a form of tax that they used to feel was being imposed on them because the supply side was not industry ready do you think we will face the same problem even with blue collar workers you need some level of skill for many of these operations it's not just physical labor alone that counts yeah unfortunately you know in lot lot of the cases it is not you can't just it's not a ready made product where somebody does a degree and you take them and it, they immediately you can actually uh, you know monetize the skill it requires a certain amount of work experience with that where the skill is honed and then it becomes it's only then that it actually becomes the skill and something which is valued because then it's something which can has a certain expertise in a in a in a job so that takes a certain element of time but i think that needs to be built up and there will be increasingly demand for people whether it is in companies whether it is you know as a consultant there are skills for these uh, these types of jobs internationally you know honestly there are, there are people with these skills who can get jobs in the middle east or singapore you know for for many years people have been going to the to the middle east or singapore for skill jobs and that's only that trend is only going to increase and potentially it's going to probably spread wider geographically so the opportunities are there again you know people taking the initiative companies taking the initiative government taking the initiative we have to see how that pans out so what i come to understand is that the opportunity is immense in front of us and it's there is taking ability of companies and the government's willingness to make it easier for them and then combine this with skill availability nothing is going to be ready made but if we dive uh, there's a, there is an opportunity to swim in the blue ocean out there yeah. one last point we have to make sure that you need to become credible and i think for that quality of the work is extremely important and as long as we can ensure the quality of the work then the opportunity is there but that's kind of basic passport that's required it's something where if you work on it it builds up like a like a balloon but it takes only a small prick to to puncture it. so that's one other area that companies need to look at excellent truly insightful uh, stream stream thank you so much for your time really appreciate your being with us today thank you bharat thanks for the opportunity in focus will be back soon 
with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.